You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. Okay, everyone. Today we have Dave Chesson, who is the founder of Kindlepreneur. He is an online entrepreneur specializing in, well, book marketing, specifically around Kindle. But you know, don't let that kind of deceive you into thinking all he knows is Kindle because he actually knows a lot more than that. I actually have listened uh, to his podcast episode, found it very enlightening, which is why I wanted to bring him on to this podcast. So Dave, first and foremost, how is it going? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, nice to have you as well. So yeah, why don't you give us a little background on kind of who you are and, and what you do? Sure. Well, uh, I used to be in the military and at one point I was deployed and I was trying to find a way to maybe build a side business or, you know, allow me to maybe have an exit strategy out of the military. And so I started looking at writing books because you could publish it on Amazon. Amazon would help sell it for you. You could be anywhere in the world. You could write when you're on a warship. Like it was all good. The problem was, is that it's a really crowded world out there and I needed to kind of understand what I can do to make my book step, you know, kind of be seen. I saw a lot of books that were horrible that Amazon was choosing to show over others. So I dug deep. I tried to understand why does Amazon choose to show one book over another? What can I do to help get my book in front of more people and basically take somebody who doesn't have a name in the industry, be able to get their book and get it selling. And so once I did that, found great success and I applied all the knowledge that I got from that into kindlepreneur.com. And since then, it's just been a crazy ride. I've been a consultant to Orson Scott Card, Ted Decker, soon to be working with Brandon Sanderson. So some of my my writing heroes and um, been working with Barnes and Noble as well. And so how does your business work? How do you make money? Well, Kindlepreneur.com was created as kind of an authority website. And so there are affiliate links to a lot of the products that I absolutely love. And so that brings in a pretty good piece of the income. However, though, one of the things that was crazy was we had this article on Kindle keywords and we used to recommend the software called Kindle Samurai. And it was kind of like basically an SEO tool for books on Amazon. The problem was, was that the software was kind of, it only worked on PC, not Mac. And most writers are actually Mac users. It had a bunch of things that were broken. And on top of that too, uh, the person who ran it didn't speak English. And so support was non-existent. And yet we were selling a lot of it. So I actually got together with a programming team and said, you know, we can not only make this work on both Mac and Windows, we could actually make this a lot better. And so the idea of my software called Publisher Rocket came in and well, no pun intended, but it totally took off and it's been great. So I guess uh, how does uh, you're saying you created uh, an alternative to this software, correct? That's correct. Got it. And so how is that doing today? Kind of rough uh, range around uh, any numbers that you can share? Uh, we do seven figures in revenue. Got it. So, and thanks to a lot of it, our costs are pretty low because a lot of the driving factors are Kindlepreneur and the content we have and just right. people finding it on, on Google. Got it. So your business is you're creating content on your podcast. I think you have a YouTube channel too, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And, and then a lot of, uh, a lot of SEO and then you have, um, and all that drives to kind of, you know, the consulting work that you do and the tools that you have, et cetera. Exactly. And it's funny is a lot of the consulting came because publishing companies are now buying our software mm -hmm. and they want to know more. It's kind of a new concept to most of these traditional publishers where they're like, oh, wow, you can learn this from the Internet. No kidding. It's like, yeah, check it out. So, uh, yeah, it's opened a lot of doors. I remember hearing about this. I, I mean, like what, what's like a practical example? Like I have a book coming out right now. Like, you know, when would someone use your tool? 
Well, the big thing about the tool is the tool can actually tell you whether or not there's a good chance your book will succeed on Amazon. So if you have a book idea, you could start by doing that. Uh, it'll tell you, you know, what words people are typing into Amazon, how many people are actually searching for that and how much money those books are making. So if you type in something, you've had this book idea and use the software and it comes back as like, yeah, those books that are ranking for that, that are showing up in front of those customers, they're not selling much. Mm -hmm. Then you as an author, it doesn't mean that you can't write that book. But it does mean you cannot expect Amazon to help sell the book for you. Instead, though, you can start to kind of change your idea just a bit and then really reach a market that exists. One of the tactics I definitely say to a lot of nonfiction writers is think in demographics. You know, say, for example, you're like you want to write a book on how to use Evernote, you know, just some software out there. Well, you could compete against 5000 other books. Or if you do your research, you'd find that there are a lot of people typing in you know, Evernote for students, Evernote for authors, Evernote for project managers. And now you have an underserved market that you can just tailor the book you were thinking about writing and get it in front of those and have much higher conversion rates. Right. And this kind of helps you sidestep any, uh, by not doing the research, you kind of might hamstring yourself later if you pick the wrong, let's say topic, correct? Wrong keywords. Exactly. Yep. I mean, if you think about it on like Google SEO, this would be like, you know, most writers are kind of like, blind where they just go in and they write anything. You know, it's kind of like sitting down into a blog and just coming up with some article and writing it. Yep. But in SEO, we need to do keyword research. And that's exactly what this is. So it can definitely help you to formulate a great idea for your book and to make sure there's an existing market for it. Then, of course, it also helps you to give the keywords that you tell Amazon, hey, I want my book to show up for that. And then finally, too, we have uh, Amazon ads for books. Amazon has an ad system and the software also helps you to build that giant list of keywords to help get your book in front of the right people. Nice. So people will go through your stuff. They'll learn how to publish and they'll get the tools they need to succeed. Basically, that's what Kindlepreneur is. And it's not even just Kindle specific because your tool helps them scan all of Amazon, right? This is kind of like this is what you need to publish a good book in general, correct? Right. So we can have you analyze specifically an ebook or book or both. Pretty soon we're going to be adding Audible information. And right now I'm working with iTunes, Barnes and Noble and Kobo to add their markets to this software so that we can analyze them as well. Got it. OK. How many customers do you have right now? Oh, jeepers. <laughs> uh, we're over 60,000. OK, 60,000. And then uh, how much does it cost to use the software? It's only $97 one time. Got well, wow. No subscription. OK, that's great. Wow. That's uh, something to talk about maybe another time. I like that pricing. I want to go just buy it right now, but I can't because I'm interviewing you right now. Um, so <laughs> the consulting work that you do, can you speak to any success stories? Uh, because a lot of people, and we could talk about pitfalls in a second, but I I'd love to hear some success stories first. Sure. Well, there is one particular consulting story that I really enjoy that I think will apply to a lot of people. But in truth, though, I'm very picky about who I consult. And I've almost gotten to the point where it's like, unless you're my writing hero, I won't work. I won't do it. Right. But one of the ones was a lawyer out of Seattle. And uh, I don't think I'm at liberty to give his specific name just because mm -hmm. of the business practice. But he wanted to write a book where he had the idea of writing a book on, you know, what to do when you get a DUI. And he thought about this because he had so many clients come in and the first thing they would say is, well, what am I to expect? And he had all these papers and everything. So he got his paralegal to basically put together a book for people to use. So we worked together and, 
you know, the thing about Amazon is it really doesn't take much to get a bestseller tag. Uh, you just, if you choose the right category, okay, where, you know, and you only sell a couple of books in that day, you can legitimately be listed as an Amazon bestseller. So we worked out with launching his book, getting in front of more people, and he got his bestseller tag. But here's what the book did for him. It wasn't just the sales that came from the book, and they were minimal because there wasn't that much of a market looking for DUI information from the books. However, though, what really helped him was that he had his own physical book that anytime a client came into his office, he could hand that book to them. It's way better than handing them just a business card. His office stood out completely compared to the other eight, you know, DOI specialist lawyers out there. And he was converting like crazy because let's think about it. How do you judge a lawyer, right? Oh, that person went to Harvard. Oh, that mm. person went to a university. I kind of know like, is that it? Is it Google, you know, reviews, Yelp? I don't know if Yelp does it for them, but the point is, is that we really don't have much to go off of. But let me ask you this. You go into one of the offices and the guy hands you his book that is valuable and you actually start reading because you do want to know this. And oh, by the way, he's a bestseller on the topic. I'm pretty sure this guy is going to be the dude that gets your business. He stands out. Yeah. Exactly. And then on top of that, too, because he was a bestselling author on that subject, any talks, any conferences that were speaking about that in the state, he was being picked number one to be the person because he wrote a book on it. Nobody else had. And that was a really big check in the box for getting him speaking engagements. And finally, he took a one more step. And because he, you know, he can't take on a client who's outside of his state, he got a giant list of lawyers that he would refer people to. And so when anybody bought his book and emails him about who's the best lawyer, he could get the referral fee. So he found multiple ways to just take this simple idea and excel his business. I love it. And so how long did it take to do that? What kind of resources did this guy have to put together besides uh, having a paralegal help? Well, honestly, it really didn't take too much for him. Uh, number one was is that we did find that there were people on Amazon searching for it and there was really only one other competitor and it was horrible. I mean, honestly, the book cover looked like it was a Word document with a with an old GIF put in the middle of it. So what we did was we said this is going to be worth it. He already had all his information. His paralegal compiled it together. Of course, he also had his paralegal do his editing because he has somebody on his team that edits all the uh, legal documents. So he did that. So he cut that cost. But then he made sure to get a really legit cover. You know, we found some great artists on some of the, the marketing sites out there, put it together, launched it and uh, just kind of sent an email blast out. But he also bought a bunch of copies himself and it took. You know, he was showing up number one in Amazon when people typed that. He was making the sale and he was just bringing in more clients. Nice. Cool. So I think it makes sense for that lawyer specifically that like that. That's a really good example. It's like they are, you know, he keeps getting asked the same questions. Look, damn it. I'm just going to do a book that separates himself from other people. And then he just needs to do like a little better than the other person, which in that case, not that hard. Right. Because the other thing sucked. But what do you think is the opportunity with books? Why should people do books? Well, I mean, a book will make you stand out. Okay. Think about all the business cards we've thrown in the trash, but it's kind of hard to throw a book away, right? <laughs> so you've got that. The other thing too is, is that, again, we talked about like with the lawyer, he got a major check in the box as in being a best-selling author. That's an incredible thing to put in your bio. That's an incredible thing to put on your page. You know, if you're selling a service, would you prefer to, you know, choose the service that the guy who's working on it is a bestseller on the subject or somebody who hasn't written the book on it. It can give you opportunities. And again, just from a financial point, it's another income stream because Amazon will continue to send people to your book, make sales. And so you have that going for you as well. 
Got it. And so do you have any books sitting there right now that are just kind of uh, the gifts that keep on giving to you? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I've been blessed by doing the keyword research and finding out where there is, you know, a giant market that's underserved. And uh, for myself, I brought in over $500,000 in book sales over the past five years. And uh, the first ever book I wrote to this day still brings in about $2,000 a month every month. Nice. Look at that. That's 24 grand a year. And a lot of SaaS people in this podcast, it's ARR for you right there. So how about pitfalls? Like what are some pitfalls you see some kind of uh, you know new book writers make all the time? Well, I mean, if you're really leaning on generating income from Amazon for your book, the number one thing I would say is most authors fail to realize that the day you start writing is the day you should start marketing. All right. Most writers are like, I just want to sit down, write this book and that's it. But you should be engaging with people. You should be doing research like we talked about uh, using Publisher Rocket and understanding maybe I should tweak this book towards this way. A great example of this was an author was writing a book on how to sell art. And uh, that was going to be the title. That was going to be the focus. But through the research, found out that more people are actually searching for how to sell art online than just how to sell art. And they weren't even going to cover that. So just by doing that research, she knew she needed to really cover that section. And she even changed her title to fit that. So, you know, you can start learning about what type of things you should cover and what you should do. But on top of that, you're starting to learn more about your market. What are their needs? This can help you in, you know, your concept design for your book cover. And so, again, start thinking about these things networking with other authors, networking with your target customers so that you can understand and create a better book. But then finally, when the day comes to launch it, the big thing about a launch is you need to be prepared. You don't just hit publish and then say, all right, Amazon, go do your thing, you know, and look at your watch and it's just not going to work that way. What you really need to do is just make sure to have a plan, a marketing plan. And if you really want your book to stick and show up more often in the Amazon search results, then what you need to do is continue to have marketing steps that help to drive consistent sales over time. You could do things like book promotion sites. You can use Amazon ads. You can use your email list, which, by the way, if you have a big one, make sure to section it off. Don't send one giant email blast, but send maybe... How big is a big email list? That really depends on, on your market. I would say that if you're 10,000 or up, then I would start breaking your email list into cohorts. So maybe like, so if you have 10,000, then maybe break it into five groups of 2,000 and send out an email every three days to the separate cohorts. So that way you're having a spike of sales on the first day, then the third day and so forth. Amazon likes to see consistent sales, not just one giant spike. So my biggest recommendation is don't send an email to your entire list because then all you're going to get is all the sales on just one or two days. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So they don't want to see like a PR bump where you like kind of, you know, fire everything on the first day and then um, it's a, like a little blip, correct? Exactly. And we've got a whole bunch of graphs proving this. We did a giant experiment to see kind of the decay rate of, of search results if you did a giant spike or if you have consistent sales. And what's crazy is if you have consistent sales, your rankings will continue to improve. Whereas if you have a spike, it will just diminish very quickly. So keep that in mind. Another thing, too, that I highly recommend, especially moving up towards your your launch, is make sure that you have kind of a street team or people that you know will drop a review the day it publishes. You can send out advanced review copies of your books called ARCs, and that is legal. It is okay with Amazon. They 
specifically say that's okay for books, not physical products. And you can get people to read your book beforehand. And then on the day of launch, make sure that they leave a review. Reviews are huge for convincing people to buy. So if you have all these marketing tactics, but you have no reviews, your conversion rate on your book is going to be so much lower. So Day one, have five to 10 people, you know, prepare that, you know, is going to drop that awesome review and that will help improve all your efforts moving forward. Nice. Okay. I think there's a lot to learn. And obviously, you know, at the very end, we're going to ask about other places they can go to learn about um, book publishing, specifically Amazon, because I I just think there's so much to do. Okay. So we talked about Amazon. We talked about, you know, there's, uh, you know, Kindle, Amazon for sure. But um, should people be considering, you know, publishers at all? Publishers are a bit of a beast in that, first off, they're stuck kind of in the traditional method. Um, they're starting to figure out that Amazon's actually pretty important. They really need to work with it. But here's the thing about publishers. A lot of authors will say to themselves, oh, if I get a publishing deal, then I'll make it. What actually happens is that publishers, maybe they accept your book, right? Okay. But they only have a finite number of books for that quarter. Say it's like 25. But they only have a finite amount of money to be able to market. So they'll choose two of the 25 books that they'll actually give an effort into it. The rest of them, what the publisher will say is, okay, great. Hey, you know, we get this percentage. This is great. We helped you kind of put your book together. Now we expect you to sell 25,000 copies by next quarter. Mm -hmm. And if you don't hit that mark, they'll never talk to you again. Okay. And most likely because you're not famous or you don't have this giant following, the deal they probably offered you is probably really bad. So... I recommend going the publishing route if you have a huge following, if you're very famous or well-known in your industry and it is an industry that is hot, then publishers will probably start fighting to get you. They'll start doing great terms and you have a higher chance of being one of those two books that we talked about that actually gets the publisher's help. But even if you're in that area, you still need to learn how to market because the publishing company is going to do some things, sure. But they're going to be poking and pushing and prodding you to do even more. They want to get as much money out of you. So if they know that you have an an email list, they're probably going to drive you nuts saying, all right, send an email now. Send another email. (laughs) You're going to wear your email list out. But they're going to make sure that they get their money back. So just something to keep in mind. I'm seeing more and more authors just going the self-published route. But it can fit your needs if you're in a certain situation. Yeah, that's why I didn't go with the traditional publisher. Uh, but I did hear about, and this is what I'm going through right now. I'm, go- I'm going with a hybrid publisher where they're able to get the books into like you know um, airports, Barnes and Nobles, things like that. Um, but you know, I also retain a lot of the control. So ha- have you heard anything about hybrid publishers? Yeah, and I, I tell you what, knowing you and your background, that's a great decision. I think uh, you're going to get the best out of your efforts, and at the same time, you get a lot of benefits using that hybrid publisher that you wouldn't get on your own. So I think you, you made a right choice, and you're definitely the, the right target demographic for that sort of decision. But say, for example, you know, for some of the listeners out there who are either just starting or you know they have a lot of momentum, but they're not, you know like crushing it in industry, you'd be surprised how much you get out of self-publishing. And I think hybrids will be even more eager to work with you when they see a couple of things under your belt. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it definitely depends on kind of what chapter you're at uh, in your life. And then I just want to make people aware of all the different options. Okay, cool. So we talked about the lawyer as a case study. Is there like maybe another case study? Because I, I just want people to understand that like, you know, the book is a lot of work, but sometimes maybe it's not that much work. Like the lawyer, for example, just collected a bunch of the stuff that he wrote, right? I remember Mark Cuban wrote his book and it's just all his blog posts combined. Same thing with uh, the hard thing about hard things. It's just all his blog posts, right? So, you know, you put in the work for the book, a lawyer, for example, 
as a case study, he, you know, he might get more DUI clients, right? But is there another example similar to that, just so that people can wrap their head around uh, this more? Well, you know, I think you hit it right on the nail when you you said like a compilation of a blog post. That's a big thing. If you have a website, like don't just think to yourself, oh, well, I, I wrote it for free on my website, so nobody's going to pay for it. Matter of fact, a great point about this is that some people, I mean, books are like $2.99 to $9.99 at most. Um, and there's a reason why that's a price range. Amazon makes it beneficial if you price it there. Uh, but the key thing is, is that for like $2.99, people can have a very organized everything they need to know inside of something. That is so worth it to them. Sure, they could dig on your website for hours upon hours, or they could just pay $2.99 and have you know, your organized format of that content. So people are going to be very willing to do that. There are a lot of stories of, of bloggers out there that just did exactly like you said, and it totally works with your market. People who've signed up for your email, hey, they signed up because they love your content. Here it is, you know, take it. So yeah, that's excellent, excellent point and something that any blogger out there should definitely think about. Yeah, convenience, right? Uh, I mean, that's my number one money dial. And I recommend people check out uh, Ramit Sethi's post on money dials. Uh, by far, like if you can organize and curate it for people, like they'll pay the two ninety nine for it or nine ninety nine. It's like nothing. So now in terms of we talked about, you know, and we can bring up your tool again, too. But what, what are some other tools people can use to, you know, be successful at Amazon? Well, there's definitely... I would definitely suggest that using an actual editor and an actual cover designer, it's way better. There are some tools out there that can help you to potentially edit your book yourself or, you know, design your own book cover. But let somebody who specializes in your area do your book cover design. It's crucial. Book covers are crucial to your success. However, though, you could use a tool like Bellum. Only works on Mac, but it is an amazing tool to help you make a very beautiful ebook and physical book so that you can submit it to the markets. I would also say, too, that I'm a big fan of using Scrivener to kind of help write my books. I mean, let's face it, it's a really bad idea to have like one giant Word document and then you got to scroll forever. Having something that kind of helps break it out, compartmentalize things, and, you know, even learn tags so that you can find out when you mention something can be really important. And, I, yeah, I think those are really a lot of my favorite tools for, for the writing aspect. Got it. Okay. Now, not book related, what's one new tool that you've added for yourself personally in the last year that's added a lot of value? So for me personally, it's been my, my Peloton bike. Do you have anything like that? It could be a physical thing or like an app. Oh, nice. I'm glad to hear that you like that. My wife's actually getting after me about a Peloton bike and I'm like, ah. Yeah, add me. Eric Osu. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Josh Axe, um, a friend of mine, he has one too. And so he's been raving about it with... Regards to tools, I actually just invested in something called coassemble.com and coassemble is where you can start to kind of like post your own courses for your own team and it's wonderful for onboarding. So as we've had more writers and more people on support team come in, uh, they actually go through coassemble and we have a special course for them and I've seen major changes in the quality and the upstart of new people coming onto the team. So if you've got, if you're hiring and you want to help train your team better, I would probably recommend looking into that. Love it. Okay, great. How about one must-read book you'd recommend to the audience that's not your own? Ooh, boy, just one, huh? I've been a really big fan of uh, The One Thing. I think it's really important. As a matter of fact, I make myself read it once a year, maybe once every two years, because I keep getting myself into that moment where I'm not focusing on one thing, and so I'm trying to do lots of things, and it's just a big lie. Yeah, typical entrepreneur ADD, right? Yeah, shiny object. Yep. 
Um, okay, great. Well, this has been awesome. Um, what is the best way for people to find you online, Dave? Yeah, if you just go to kindlepreneur.com, there's a contact button. Contact me. And to this day, I still answer every one of those uh, emails. So if you have a question from anything we talked about, hit me up there. And your podcast is called? The Book Marketing Show Podcast. There you go. All right, Dave. Thanks so much for doing this. All right. Thanks so much. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.